This is another episode of Musings of an Alcoholic. Today's topic is going to be my relationship with my agoraphobia. Now, if you don't know what agoraphobia is, it's the fear of going outside or the fear of leaving your house. Uh, that's If you've never heard of anyone talk about that before, that probably sounds really silly, uh, especially for an outgoing person that's not an introvert. You're, you know, an extrovert, extroverted person and you, uh, you like going outside. You don't want to s- stay stuck in your house. I know people like that that don't like, they, they hate being stuck at home because they, they feel like they have nothing to do. But <clears throat> now this is, this is a self-diagnosis. This is not a um, actual medical uh prognosis that doesn't sound right it's not an actual medical diagnosis but i i'm pretty sure i have agoraphobia because the thought of going outside is is crippling to me sometimes and um sometimes that can be a cause for for some of my depression and uh other times i'll just try to ignore it but uh when i'm having bad agoria attacks not attacks but when i'm in that mood of i'm not going outside today which is quite often these days um when i'm forced to go outside like if i have to go to the dump to take my trash out if i have to um cut my grass or 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 do something outside or go someplace go out to dinner go to um, my workshop or something like that, it it gets, it gets to a point where I'm like absolutely dreading it. And it's, it's not because I don't like the outside. I very much do like the outside. It's the people. Um, I have a generalized anxiety disorder and, uh, well, generalized in a social, um, in a social kind of manner. Like I don't like social situations. It, it puts pressure on me. I think <clears throat> if I can take you guys back, allow me to take you in the old way back machine. My eighth grade year, all of my brothers had done at least one year of, of homeschooling or Florida virtual school, which if you don't know what that is, it's, you can just take your classes online, completely online. You don't have to go outside. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to play sports. You take all of your classes completely online. You have to call your teachers maybe once a month, and that's about it, or every time that you want to take a quiz, like the chapter quiz. Uh, But you can take all of your classes online, and... You can do it at any time. You don't have to wait for the semester to start. You can start in the middle of summer. You could start in the middle of a school, um, a school year. You could start in like what, like uh, you could start in like January or something. It doesn't matter because uh, it, it's still and it's it's creditable too. It's it, it counts as high school credits. It's uh, any any college will recognize. Florida virtual school as, as a real college, a real high school rather. So both of my brothers did at least one year. I think they both did it in 
middle school. So I was nearing my eighth grade year and I told my mom that I wanted to try out um, virtual school just because uh, my brothers did it and I just hate my teachers at school. So she said, uh, agreed. So my eighth grade year, I never left my house. I only left for going out to dinner with my parents, which was, you know, not every day. It was like once a month or something. And my Boy Scouts, which was, um, we had meetings every Monday and then we would go camping once a month. Uh, I think those are the, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't go shopping with my mom. I wouldn't do anything around the house. Well, I mean, I would do stuff around the house, but I wouldn't do anything outside. Uh, I wouldn't play outside. I just play video games. So that lasted a year, a school year. Well, technically, yeah, I guess a whole year. And that, I think that really set it off or started it. Um, Cause I, that was the year I first started getting into PC gaming. Uh, that was the year I think I created my Reddit account. I think that was when I made a Netflix account, a YouTube account. And I just spent all of my time at a computer, completely just always on the internet, not having any interaction with other than, you know, my family members. So I think that really spurred that kind of introvertness inside of me. I always was kind of a, an introvert and um, a thinker, less of a, of a doer. And but it, it it never got that bad. And then let's see, ninth grade rolled around and then it was time to go back to school. Cause I, I wanted to go to actual high school and I wanted to play football and playing football in, in freshman year helped a little bit with my anxiety around people. Um, I think my anxiety stopped freshman and sophomore year. I think I was pretty sociable at high school. But then I got arrested at the school for, I think this, yeah, I must have been arrested for the second time with marijuana at school. And that was a, a year-long expulsion from that school. So you if, you, if that happened to you, you had to go to this alter, alternative school. Uh, I won't name it, but it's called the something-something alternative schooling. Or no, uh, juvenile schooling or something. It's basically a school, a small, little, tiny, tiny school, which is a middle school slash high school. And there's only probably there's probably less than 100 kids that go there. And it's all the kids that get kicked out of their schools in the county. They all get sent to there. And it was pretty far. I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go. I'd have, I had to take like two different buses to get to school and it was like an hour long ride or like 45 minutes or something. So, oh, and the worst part was that, that my regular high school got out at two, but my, um, temporary alternative high school didn't get out till like three 30, which in high school, that's, it's kind of sucky. Cause then it's an hour drive home. You don't even get home till four 30. And then, you know, you barely have any of the day left. When I was going to my regular high school, uh, the bell rang at 1.50, and I lived about five minutes away. So, yeah, I had about maybe an extra two or three hours 
to myself at, at home, being able to do stuff instead of just, you know, sitting on a bus playing on my phone. But that, uh, that really, well, I wouldn't say it soured me on school. It didn't help. But at the same time, that was one of the best schooling experiences I've had because uh, the teachers did not give a fuck about anything. You could do whatever the fuck you want. I, uh, I took an, I took an elective, which, um, to pass high school in Florida, you need to have, I think one arts elective, uh, uh, it's called fine arts elective or something like that. So it's either painting or theater or, uh, I think band counts, <clears throat> but at this school, they had a stained glass art class where you would and these were kids that were getting kicked out of high school for fighting for gun possessions for drug possessions you know these aren't exactly the safest kids but in stained um glass art class you if you know anything about stained glass you have to use a soldering iron to you know put it together and a soldering iron is like a stabbing weapon that gets really fucking hot. I don't know why the fuck they thought that was a good idea to give dangerous kids that uh, that kind of weapon. And so you have to like, basically, there. Oh, and there was huge bins of broken glass, like sharp ass broken glass. So you would take the, the glass and you would you would pick the colors you want. And then you would um, you would trace your design out onto the glass, and then you would take it over to a um, kind of like a router, but it was it was a it was a glass grinder, and it would just you know smooth the edges of the glass, so you could like kind of kind of shape it to what your design was by taking off layers of glass and. Also to make it smooth so you didn't cut yourself. And you had to wear gloves and shit. But you would take the glass and then you put this like soldering tape on it. Like this flux tape. And you would solder the glass together. With this like some... It was like some weird iron something. But you heat up this metal and it sticks to the glass and sticks to itself. So you can glue pieces of glass together. And that's how you make stained glass. Oh, and in that class... I was just sitting there chilling and this, these two girls got in a fight and one girl broke a leg, a metal leg off of one of the chairs and stabbed the other girl with it in the stomach. I mean, these kids are fucking, I was there for a marijuana possession like most kids were, but some of them were fighters and scrappers. So yeah, some fucking bitch got stabbed with a chair. So I was fine up until then, but uh, and that was, I got, that happened in like the middle of my, um, sophomore year. So I had to do, um, I think I had to do two semesters, uh, I had to do two semesters, uh, away from my regular high school. So I finished off one semester at the secondary school, the alternative school or whatever, and then I told my mom, you know, like, um, I don't really want to go there anymore. Can I just do my my next semester at home and do virtual school? And she said, yeah, because then I don't have to drive you all the way down there to go to school. So let's see. 
that's probably when it got bad was my next time going because I had moved upstairs because I used I, I was living downstairs and I wanted to move to the upstairs because it was a bigger room and I had a little bit more privacy up there and I could, you know, have more room for all my stuff like, you know, putting a TV up and an Xbox and a couch and all that kind of jazz. So I move up there and then I start doing my virtual school. Now, something must have, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I had this, my dad is a, is an avid gardener and he had these red and blue grow lamps, which are like, they're kind of like for pot, but I mean, he wouldn't grow pot with them. They're just, they're just lights that you screw in and you put over a, a plant and it gives them the specific, um, frequencies of of light or whatever you know what i mean like the specific uh waves of light that they need to to grow and it's like on the red and blue spectrum and then when you combine the leds they get pink so it, it gives it gives off a really bright pink glow so he was he, i think his like brother or something got him for him and he just never used them so i got one of them and I hooked it up to my lamp upstairs and it gave off this, this, the whole room just looked pink. And that's, that's also when I got started with, um, getting into vaporwave, which can be, I mean, if you listen to it all the time, it could be really depressing and shit. So, um, I had this like depressing, like pink, it was like a, it felt like I was living in like a fake mall, like an empty mall all by myself. And I felt that way for a long time. And I, you know, I started staying up till like seven o'clock in the morning and sleeping all day and just being up all night and, you know, uh, eating at odd hours. Um, and I would just like, I'd never see my family for, I, I would like, I would go days without seeing my dad just because I would never come downstairs. Well, I mean, I would go downstairs like in the middle of the night to make food, but everyone was sleeping by then. So, you know, I'd go days without seeing some of my family members just because I was just stuck in that room. And it just made my anxiety and depression really bad. And I stopped going out to eat with them. Um, they would go to like Mexican and I would be like, uh, they, they would ask me if I wanted to go. And I said, no, I got to do schoolwork or something. Can you bring me home? Uh melanesis or something like that and then they just they'd bring me home boxed up food and they'd be like you missed out we you know had a good time we went to hang out at the mall or whatever and i was just i don't know i just kind of felt like i was ostracizing ostracizing myself and just closing myself off to the world and closing myself off to people and it just really really made my depression bad and then um I met this like 23, 24 year old on some, I don't even remember what the dating app was, but I, I had gotten on a dating app because I was like, dude, I'm fucking sick and tired of, of being a virgin. And I'm like, I, I, I just need to get laid. Cause that's, I got nothing going for me or something like that. So, you know, I, I sweet talked her a little bit and then she finally agreed to, to go out with me and we went and we had we went we went to see we went to see a movie 
and get dinner. And we went to go see, I don't even remember what we saw, but we went to a theater at, at like Tuesday night at like midnight on a Tuesday. And, um, we were the only two people in the entire movie theater. And it was just like a big cineplex. Like there was no one in there except for staff. So we go in there and we watch the movie and, um, Oh, I'll tell you why I don't remember the movie is because we just, we were just macking on each other. Just, just making out and touching sex organs and, and what have you. And just being, you know, foolish young kids. And we were just fooling around in the movie theater. You know, she's jerking me off a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I had met her and she would come over a lot and spend some time upstairs with me. And that's when I really started getting into alcohol. I would like take a beer or two here or there from my dad's beer fridge. Um, but like after I met her, that's when I really, really got into fucking like boozing. Um, Cause she, you know, obviously she was 21 or older than 21. So I'd get like uh, some few bucks and we'd go to the liquor store and we'd get, you know, all we could afford was a bottle of Skull vodka, which is like a $10 plastic bottle of vodka. It's like a, and it's also 1.75 liters. So it's like, <clears throat> it's like a gallon or something of, of vodka for 10 bucks. I mean, that's, whew, that's rough, dude. That's, and it was, it wasn't filtered very well. And it's just got a lot of bad shit in it. The hangovers would would fucking be killer on that shit. Like you wanted to die after drinking that stuff. So yeah, I started and you know, drinking at definitely added to it, to my depression, and anxiety and, and whatnot. And so I'm just boozing all the time. I'm listening to sad music. I'm making sad music. That's when I started making music, making vaporwave. I'm making sad music. Um, and I'm just closing myself off to the world. Oh, and just having like, and our relationship was terrible. That was like a bad first relationship because it was, it was just like a vice for me. It wasn't like I was dating her. It was just like, I was using her as a vice, like using her to get booze, uh, just fucking her just to fuck her. Not because I was in love or anything, just to have sex with her. Just like, just kind of like using her like a drug almost. So that was, I got into a really bad spot in my life with that. And then, uh, I talked to my mom and I told her like, like I'm, I'm always sad. I don't feel good all the time. I'm always depressed. And, and I was telling her like, you know, some nights I'll have suicidal thoughts, but I won't, I'm not going to do it, but I'm just letting you know that I'm going through that kind of shit. So she, which, you know, it's, that's kind of hard for some kids to do is to open up to someone like that. Uh, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. Like I, if, if you, if you're a kid out there and you're going through some shit right now, uh, you need to let your parents know because they will be able to help you with that. They'll be able to get you some help, um, which I know how it feels. I know how to be like, I don't want your help. I don't want anyone to tell me how I'm feeling. I don't, I just need to figure this out by myself. You, you, you do need help. You at least 
for the sake of just, you know, not killing yourself. You know, we joke about that a lot, but but it's not a good thing to be to uh to kill yourself. Uh especially when you're that young, like 14 through 20 or something like that. Just because you're so young and you you haven't lived enough, you haven't gone through anything. You don't know what there is to do. You haven't well, I mean, maybe you have, but it's, you know, you haven't been to Greece, you haven't been to Rome, you haven't traveled, you haven't gone and experienced things, you haven't felt love, you haven't, you know, raised children. If you're 75, go, fuck it, dude, I don't care. You've lived a full uh, life. You want to have, you want to live a full and complete life before you go and do something like that. There's no point in just offing yourself um, and missing out on all the great stuff that life, life can offer. So I told her that, and she made an appointment with uh, my primary care physician, and we went and talked to her, and then they referred, well, actually, they have an in-house psychiatrist there, so she's like, you know, (laughs) down the hall and to the left. So we go there, and we meet this nice, this very, very nice lady, and she was... She's basically telling me everything I did not want to hear. She's like, you know, tell me your habits. Uh, And she made my, because my mom took me, uh, she made my mom step out of the room because she had to ask uh, some personal questions. And then when I, then she made me leave and then had to ask my mom some personal questions because um, you don't want to, there's some things that you can't say in front of your mom. Like, like, I don't think I'd ever tell my mom, like, I want to fucking kill myself tonight. Uh, just because she doesn't need that stress, but you know, you you got to have someone to to mediate that kind of that kind of discussion. So she's asking me like, "What are my habits? What do I do?" And I basically told her I was like, "I don't do anything. I never leave my house, and I'm always drinking." And she's like, um, "And I knew the answer too, but she's just like, you know, you really need to get out more." You need to stop staying up all night. You need to go to bed on time. You need to put the bottle down. You need to go out and do stuff. And she just gave me, you know, little advice like, you know, go for a five minute walk and then go for a 10 minute walk, then go for a 15 minute walk. You know, Um, she's like, just try to make it around your neighborhood. And she's like, just try to say hi to your neighbors when you pass them. Like, just just it's baby steps. It's it's baby steps. And then she also recommended me get put on uh, anti-anxiety medication, antidepressant medication. <sighs> Zoloft, I think it was. Let me see. Was it Zoloft? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I took Zoloft, social anxiety disorder. It's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, an SSRI. Which she also told me that you really do not need to be drinking if you're taking SSRIs, like you drugs and food to avoid warning. Uh, yeah. So she's like, she, she's like, don't just try not to drink because it's gonna, if you're taking these SSRIs and then you drink, it's going to almost have the exact opposite effect. It's going to make it so much worse. Um, so she told me, you know, lay off the booze, which the idiot that I fucking am, uh, I didn't listen. I did, I did cut back, but I didn't stop completely. And that maybe that fucked me up in the head a little bit. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's, maybe that was the problem. So 
maybe that was the problem. So I, you know, was on anti, not schizo, anti-anxiety medication. Uh, I stopped, I stopped boozing a little bit. All right, at least I cut back some. I started going to sleep at a reasonable time, like 11. That's kind of reasonable, 11, 30, maybe 12. But even doing all that stuff, it just, it wasn't clicking with me. It was not working and I just didn't want to do anything. So then I told my mom, you know, I, this medicine's not working for me. I'd like to do uh, my next year. The, uh, like finish off my my ju- my junior year uh doing online because i didn't want to go back i was allowed to go back to my high school at that point i think um but i didn't want to because i was just such a wreck such a nervous wreck and i yeah so i did another semester to finish off my junior year and, you know, still fucking anxious as hell, still wouldn't go anywhere. I was gaining a lot of weight from the drinking and not doing anything. I, uh, let's see, when I was a, a freshman and a sophomore, I weighed about 215 to 220 pounds and I'm six foot four. So that's kind of like average weight. And I, by the time I finished my junior year, I was about, to I was about 280 pounds and I was just a mess. I was a slob. I was a mess. Didn't want to do anything. And then, um, winter break, not winter break, summer, summer came around and, uh, I was like, you know what? This is, Oh, you know what? That might've been when I got my DUI. Let's see. 2000. Yeah, I think that summer I got a DUI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that summer I got a DUI. And I'm going to make a whole other episode about that. Uh, it, it, it was just really a stupid, stupid, stupid mistake on my part. And, you know, I'm never going to uh, live it down because it just, it just affects your entire life for, for the rest of your life. Um, you know, one mistake one night and you're ruined. And the, the only thing that happened was I was caught because I was speeding. I didn't crash into anyone. I didn't kill anyone. I wasn't swerving. I was just going like a little too fast. And then he pulled me over and he was like, as soon as he opened the window, he was like, step out of the car because he knew I was drunk. <sighs> so, yeah, that happened. And that kind of, I thought, I that's when I got really bad. I wanted to fucking kill myself because I was like, there's nothing left for me to do. Like, I I, I just ruined the rest of my life. I'm never going to be able to 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 have a job or anything like that. And I'm just, I'm just going to be fucked up. Um, so that kind of messed with my head a lot. And then while I was going to court and all that shit, I decided I would go back to high school. Um, and, and just try to finish my senior year as going to a regular high school. And for that period of my life, it wasn't so bad because, um, I was still dating the girl at the time. Oh shit. Still dating her at the time. And so the first semester of senior year, I was dating her and, I 
I I wanted booze so bad, but uh, I had a talk with my parents, and I realized that she was just a really just a toxic person to be around and not good for me to be around. And it wasn't even about the booze that she was buying. It was just uh, just a bad just a bad uh, situation overall. So you know. <laughs> She and this is the fucked up part. If you think I was a scumbag, wait till you hear this. So she's at my house waiting for me to get home from school. She's just chilling in my room waiting for me to get home because she's like, we're going to, you know, fuck and eat food or whatever. Go out to eat or something like that, which was like most cases because she um, if she wasn't working, she was she was at my house. Uh, but my dad would never let her spend the night. My dad never let her spend the night because I was like. I was like 17 and she was like 20. So he knew that she was over 18 because I think I told her she was 19 or something like that. But he knew that she, that I was underage and he was like, uh, like if, if she spends the night, I'm going to call the cops on her, like, and have her arrested for fucking you. It was just a bad time. Um, so she was at my house waiting for me to get home and I was in, I was in class with this girl and I became friends with this girl. Um, very like just completely friends. I had like no interest in having sex with her, even though she was like one of the hottest girls I've ever met. But, uh, you know, I used humor as a way in and, you know, we started talking, but she was like super, I think she was like Muslim or something. So she didn't want to have sex or get a boyfriend or anything. So I was just like, you know what? You're funny. You're a funny person. Let's just be friends. So, you know, we became became good friends and I was telling her all this crazy shit that happened to me. And she was like, yeah, you need to break up with that girl. She's not good for you. I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, if I break up with her right now over text, will you give me a kiss? And she's like, yeah, I want to see you do it. I bet you won't do it. So I texted her while she was at my house and I was like, Hey, this isn't working out. I'm done. Uh, period. And I sent that. And then she's like, a deal's a deal. And then she gave me a kiss and my dick was hard for like a month after that. Uh, so yeah, I texted her that like, uh, you know, I, I don't want you to be there when I get home. I want all your shit gone. Uh, I just, I want you out of my life. You, I, I'm just not in love with you anymore or whatever. And she's like fucking freaking out. She's trying to call me and I'm in class. She's freaking out. She's like calling my mom and telling my mom and my mom's trying to call me. Um, and I'm just like just totally fucking ignoring all that. So I get home and she's still there. And she is fucking like bawling her eyes out in my room on my bed, crying her eyes out. And I'm like. I'm like, you got to go like you you can't be doing this here. You got to get out. You got to get the fuck out of here. And then then my mom came home and she still wouldn't leave. So I was like, I got up and I left and I went and told my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm done. I I need her out of here. Like she's not leaving. And my mom went in there and talked to her. And I'm assuming she said something along the lines of like, uh, you're no longer welcome in this house. Like if you don't leave, we're going to have to call the police. Something like that. And then she eventually, you know, got over got over her crying fit. And then she got in her car and left. And then she tried to call me like 600 times in a row and keep te- kept texting me and kept like leaving me voicemails and shit. And I just didn't, I didn't want to listen to any of it. I didn't read any of it. I just wanted it to be completely done. 
Uh, and I, I like a couple of weeks afterwards, I was like, you know, starting to feel better. I was, you know, getting a little more sociable. I was, you know, happier with myself, I guess. I, I, I didn't feel so, so sad all the time. And then, you know, uh, cut to the right before winter break happens. It was my birthday. Yeah, okay, I remember. It was my birthday, and I was on this dating app, and I met my now current girlfriend. I met her in high school. I, I, I had messaged her that day and told her, you know, like, you know, what's going on, blah, 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 and we're talking back and forth, and then I'm like, you know, today's my birthday, and she's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, my friend's going to come over. We're going to hang out, and she's like, um, if you want to go out on a date tonight, I'd be more than happy to pick you up. Um, and you know, we can go on it. I'll treat you to dinner or something like that, which is, you know, very progressive and very forward of a girl to, to do that. But, uh, you know, it was my birthday. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my friend was over at my house and we're playing video games and I'm like, Hey bud, I'm going to be gone for like half an hour. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I'm going to go like finger bang this girl or something, something stupid. And he's like, Oh my God. So he's like, all right. Tell, let me know what happens. So I leave. I meet her. I come. Oh, we hang out. Uh, I think we go like park on like a, a top of like a parking garage or something like that, and just kind of look at the stars and we're making out and shit. So, you know, as soon as I met her, all of my anxiety went away. All of my depression went away. Uh, dating her was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because it's just made my life so much better. And I was able to go to school with confidence. I didn't worry about what other people thought or anything like that. So, yeah, it, it was a good thing. And then, you know, cut to now, uh, I've been jobless for a while now. won't give a specific day, <laughs> amount of months or whatever. But I've been jobless for a little bit now, and I just I can't leave my house, man. It's just I'm falling right back into the boozing and... Oh, excuse me. Falling right back into the boozing and the just depression and never leaving my house. It's all coming back to me again. And it's getting to the point where I'm refusing to leave my house because I don't want my neighbors to, to look at me. I'm scared of my neighbors. And that's something I don't think anyone should should have to say. I'm scared of my neighbors. I'm scared of them seeing me. I feel I like... And uh, my weight has gone up again because I'm not doing anything. And it's it's not a disability, but it's debilitating. It's it, Some days it's so bad. I like, I, I'll shut every single blind. I'll draw all the curtains and I'll just fucking hide in my house. And my girlfriend, you know, God bless her. She's supporting the both of us right now at the moment with, you know, some help from my parents. But it's just rough as hell. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what to do, but those, I'm just, you know, expressing my thoughts on agoraphobia or specifically my agoraphobia and depression, anxiety. Um, so I, I, I know the steps to get out of the rut I'm in, uh, number one being a, having a job. Cause you know, when I, if I once, not if, when I get a job, uh, 
things kind of fall back in line because I have more structure and schedule in my life. And uh, I'm generally, generally happier when I am working because uh, I, I don't know, I have a sense of purpose. I don't feel like I'm wasting my years or wasting my time by just doing nothing. That's the worst part of it is, is feeling useless and feeling like you're not getting anything done. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess those are my thoughts on, or just my expressions of, of what it's like having agoraphobia, what it probably stems from, how I got it, um, how to deal with it in my specific case. And, you know, just, I'm just kind of letting my viewers know what's, what's happening with, with me right now. And, uh, doing this, this podcast for me is just it's it's a way to 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 feel like i'm not useless i guess feel like i'm i'm creating something or at least contributing to just at least something so i'm not just you know laying on my floor staring at the ceiling and just not fucking doing it just being like a drone um so yeah i i guess this podcast has given me a somewhat of a renewed sense of purpose uh or or value to my life that I'm I feel like I'm lacking at the moment because I'm not I'm unemployed. Um, I I'm guess I'm gonna cut it off here. It's almost forty minutes long, but uh, yeah. If you stuck through this episode, I appreciate you. Uh, if you want to hear more about personal stories, personal life, uh, let me know. You can email me at uh, retardedalcoholic at gmail uh, if you have any thoughts, opinions, topics, videos, clips, anything you want to share with me or ask me, uh, you know, drop me a line, retardedalcoholic.gmail.com. Drop me a line. Uh, you know, let's get some dialogue started. Let's try to build. Let's try to get this fan base growing a little bit. Let's try to let's try to bring more people in. I'm not looking for like, I don't want to be Joe Rogan and have fucking half a million people watching me live every fucking time I do a podcast. But uh, it'd be nice to have a, like a tight, you know, a tight little crew of, of, of uh, you know, just people looking out for each other, you know. Uh, one thing I would never do is be disingenuous to, and I wouldn't even call people who listen to this my fans. I would just call them people who listen to this. I would never be disingenuous to, to those types of people. Um, even if I got to like a million billion fucking subscribers I, I would never i would always have the time to take care of of the people who 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 care to listen who care to you know engage or whatever um i might if and it probably won't ever get that big but if we can get somewhat of a, a loyal following i'll probably build a um discord server and then um and instead of emailing me, we could just kind of all hang out there and just, you know, be friendly to each other and, you know, look after one another. That's what every, that's, that's what everyone wants. They want someone to be there for them and, and, and have someone that's got their back. Cause not a lot of people in this world have, have that guy. I've got, I've got the guy. I have the guy that's got my back, you know, uh, I won't get too much into it, but basically, you know, we, known each other since we were fucking like nine been through rough and high waters together you know or ride or die and uh 
you know, we all need someone like that. So this has been Musings of an Alcoholic. You know where to, to drop a line. You know where to listen to the podcast. Uh, ciao.